Over the next few minutes, I'm going to talk a bit about the normal, everyday sense of fear, worry and anxiety that we all experience from time to time. However, if you or someone you know does not seem to be coping with these emotions, please reach out to a friend, your GP, Lifeline, your pastoral partner or contact me. Depending on how you are coping, there is often a need for medical professionals to step in to assist in God's healing ways. I'm particularly conscious of how many people are suffering from the effects of lockdown at this time, and I pray that we will all be alert to the signs of clinical anxiety and depression. So, now let's head off to explore today's reading from Mark. I feel sorry for the Apostle Peter because sometimes he gets it so right and sometimes he gets it so wrong. Within just a few verses, he is first the star pupil, the one who identifies Jesus as the Messiah, and then he's the one who is rebuked by Jesus and sharply put back into his place. But can we blame him for rebuking Jesus, for telling Jesus off? Imagine being in Peter's shoes. How would it strike you to hear the person you have loved and given your life to tell you that they are going to die? Commentators suggest that besides being emotionally torn apart by Jesus' prediction, Peter is also confused, disappointed and dismayed. Peter is probably wondering why the journey he has been on with Jesus and the other disciples can end so badly so tragically and without fanfare, without success, without the nation of Israel being restored to glory. We cannot know for sure, but perhaps Peter's idea of the Messiah was that of a victorious leader or a revolutionary who would topple the ruling powers and claim the title of king. I also think there is a level of fear going on inside Peter's thinking fear of losing someone he loves dearly, and fear about what the future will hold if Jesus is no longer with him and the other disciples. It is interesting to note that Peter makes no comment about Jesus' prediction of rising again in three days. So I don't think he could have been listening terribly carefully. Fear of the unknown had clouded his thinking. If he had been listening, Instead of reacting out of fear, perhaps his next move may have been to ask Jesus exactly what he meant. After all, resurrection is hardly an everyday event. Jesus then goes to sum up Peter's thinking perfectly in saying that his mind was not on divine things, but on human things. Fear is a very human thing and it can sneak up on us in the disguise of its less obvious cousin, worry or anxiety. Let me give you an example of how sneaky fear can be. I have had a really big week, not so much in everything I had to accomplish, but in the fact that on Friday I had one of the most important interviews of my life. After three years of formation at the Centre for Ministry, 
I was ready to be assessed by my formation panel and be affirmed as ready for ministry or not. Even though I approached this meeting with confidence, it cast a shadow over everything else I needed to get done. And I began to feel that familiar old feeling in my tummy. Anxiety was starting to build. How on earth would I get things done? How on earth could I concentrate on the tasks at hand? As I began researching today's readings, it dawned on me. I, just like Peter, had put my mind to human things. I had started to wonder how I, me, on my own, would manage my week. And instead of putting my mind to divine things and turning to the one who strengthens us all in all things, I forgot all about God's promises. So, with the phrase, practice what you preach, in the back of my mind, I turned everything over to God, our true strength. I prayed and I put my trust in God's Spirit to get me through the week. And miraculously, in one of the most important and potentially stressful weeks of my life, my anxiety vanished. So, in answer to the question I posed earlier in this service, is it possible to live at ease, secure and unafraid? Well, yes, if we give ourselves and our concerns completely over to God. In this, we are denying ourselves because we give up the right to be in control over our own lives and we deny ourselves the habit of worry. Just like Peter, who ends up putting his foot in his mouth and speaking too quickly, Worry pushes us away from God. When Jesus asks us to deny ourselves and carry our own cross in order to follow him, we are presented with a brutally honest description of what it means to call ourselves a Christian. Mark's first audience, many hundreds of years ago, would have heard this as a call to literally lay down their lives for Jesus' sake and the gospel because many of them faced persecution, imprisonment and execution. According to church tradition, all but one of Jesus' original twelve disciples was martyred, killed for faithfully following Jesus. So these verses have particular meaning for not only Jesus' first followers, but to those Christians who still face persecution in our world today. But what about us? Our challenges may be quite different to Mark's original audience, but every time we rely on our own human strength and power to save us, or allow fear, worry or anxiety to consume us, you could say we have more or less dropped our cross. Instead of following Jesus, we end up following our human ego and our own thoughts take over. According to woman wisdom, this leads to panic, distress and anguish. Not a pretty picture, is it? In stark contrast to that unfortunate outcome, woman wisdom also provides us with a beautiful description of what life can be like if we give ourselves completely to God. In the perfect love of God, 
a love that casts out fear. We can live without dread of disasters, despite what life may throw at us. In the Lord, our true strength and saviour, we can rest easy, secure in God's promise to save us and the world our Lord loves so dearly. Amen. The following hymn is God is our strength and our refuge. <laughs> 